from the Mercy One Studio. Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting today from the Mercy One studio, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM, around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. I am Joe Stopulis, and today, well, in theory today, I am joined by Bud Maher of The Uncommon Good, but what you're going to hear is a conversation we had last week on their show. I was asked to be a guest for two episodes uh, on The Uncommon Good. So we're going to talk about a few different things. Today's episode will cover... The inauguration of Joe Biden last week, the day uh, in America when we recorded this episode uh, on the peaceful transition of power, the idea of the American experiment and how we participate in it. Let's start in prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was asked last week, and a very important week in America, to help co-host The Uncommon Good, uh, where Bud Maher and I had the opportunity to have a discussion on all of the events of last week. So think of last week, it, it, Monday of last week, uh, is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Wednesday of last week was Inauguration Day. And Friday of last week is the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Three very important events, dates, on the American calendar. Uh, so we, we had a conversation around what do these what do these dates mean? How can we as Christians, as Catholics, look at them uh, in the calendar? What can we do to learn from them and to move forward? What action steps can we take uh, in our lives to maybe move the needle more in God's favor? You know, I think there's a lot of good. As you guys know, I love this country. Uh, I love the freedoms, the beacon of hope that we have been for the world. Uh, our struggle, quite honestly, to live up to our ideals of a nation that takes care of its people, that truly does treat everyone with uh, certain inalienable rights. You know, that, that is something that is an ideal that we as a country have put out there in our founding documents and our struggle to live up to that and what we've done. So I was honored to uh, be on The Uncommon Good, and I thought I would share uh, in the next two episodes with you the conversations I had with Dr. Bud Marsh. So stick around, and you'll get to hear that interview. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction Professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. 
At Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, our number one rule is the Golden Rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And there's no better time than now to be living it. This year has been one for the record books, and the hits just keep on coming. So at Golden Rule, we are doing what we can to help out yet again. Introducing our Golden Age Buyback Program. As your HVAC system reaches the golden years of life, we will give you up to $1,500 to have it replaced. Everyone deserves the Golden Rule, and this is one way Golden Rule gives back to you. Go to GoldenRulePHC.com. My help comes from you. You're right here. No, Joe, today, of course, um, a big day in our country. You know, we have uh, some significant events that have happened lately. And I guess the phrase that I hear being tossed around today is the peaceful transfer of power. Now, when you hear that phrase, peaceful transfer of power, I think you're supposed to hear like birds chirping in the background and the sun shining, you know, and it's like, well, um, this is sort of what sets apart uh, the United States or other democracies from uh, places where maybe the way rulers are selected or where power is passed down might look differently. But I know, Joe, just talking to folks out um, in the streets, you know, in di- different contexts, that the election process and even the events of today have, you know, they've caused different feelings for different people. Uh, it might even be what you would say is like a stressful time for some of our listeners. And uh, I think a lot of this, Joe, goes back to, so uh, democracy, you know, a lot of great things about it. And it's meant to be a process that gets around sort of like civil strife by the people collectively selecting leaders who will represent them. But the fact of the matter is representation usually involves sort of like one side or one group having more power, maybe being more representative of a certain demographic. So, um What's meant to mitigate that, I think, Joe, and you know, you might be a better historian than I am for sure, uh, is that America has been guided by a constitution, a bill of rights, right? And to me, like what a constitution represents is that there are ideas, principles, values that a leader, regardless of his political party or his personal background, is meant to respect. So you think about something uh, like our country's founding principle of all people being created equal, endowed by their creator. So there we have some theology entering into the picture with inalienable rights that have to be upheld and respected. And so I, I don't know, Joe, any commentary on for me, like regardless of a person, like I said, they're like a politician's party or their own walk of life, maybe their own religious background. That's something that's inviolable, right? It's set in stone. So, yeah, if you want to know my thoughts, I've got lots of thoughts, uh, lots of thoughts. But <laughs> fire away. Yeah, so at the end of the day, this this day, regardless of where you voted two months ago, what you who you voted for, and how you feel about who is taking office and who's leaving office today, regardless of any of that, we as Americans need to hold our head up high today, understanding that this day is so unique in the world, in the history of the world. If you take it back to 1776 when the revolution happened, and then in 1788 when we had the first uh, president with with, uh, George Washington, the peaceful transfer of power after his second term is the first time it's ever happened in the history of the world, quite frankly. Um, If you look at democracies when our founding fathers were born, so if you you go back to call it the 1730s or so, there were no other democracies. There were no other self-governments. In the history of the world, there just weren't any in existence. You know, they there were experiments with it uh, on some, you know, kind of smaller, uh, smaller factions, I suppose, but nothing like what we what we tried. And and so, 
the uniqueness of the, again, the American experiment, this experiment in a repre- representative republic self-government uh, is is so unique. And I think that's something that when we talk about civics, just teaching of civics, helping everyone in America to understand that this is something that can only last as long as we, the people, allow it to last. And a quote that my listeners heard me say over and over again is uh, from John Adams, who who wrote uh, the original Constitution, Massachusetts Constitution, which then was kind of the forebearer for the U.S. Constitution. And he, he wrote that our Constitution is this, this, this experiment in self-government, the Constitution we have is for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for any other. And that shows us the importance that our founding fathers had in a, a people who had together a view on God, a view on the common good, a view to understand that this isn't just about a winner take all, uh, you know, man, you know, us versus each other. This is a, for a group collective to understand that we are to work together as Christians, as a as a moral people, and that's the only way this would work. And so, when I look at today and I think about if you ever read, there's a lot of great books out there on Washington, but, you know, George Washington was the greatest general uh, at the time. He was, he beat the most powerful army with a ragtag group of, of uneducated uh, farmers, quite frankly, people who had just no experience in military and put it together. And through his strategy, which again, if you want to learn about the stra- his military strategy, just unbelievably interesting stuff to see what he was doing to, to actually pull this off. He was clearly the 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 front runner the, he was basically appointed president at that point and then after his second term the people wanted him to continue to be president and he in, in there's a reason we celebrate him so much there's a reason we name everything after him is because he he said no this is not what this government's about it's not about me and he relinquished even though he didn't have to power he gave power up and he didn't know who was going to get it obviously the biggest election then was between Thomas Jefferson and, and and John Adams, and they had vastly different views, just like Democrats and Republicans today, vastly different views of the of the power within the federal government. John Adams wanted to he wanted to call um, he wanted to call Adam or uh, Washington uh, you know, a king, more or less. He didn't want to use the word king, but he wanted to hold his title up and to give more reverence to the position of president, whereas Thomas Jefferson wanted no part of that. And you can see the factions at play early on; people were being devastated. Thomas Jefferson. Uh, being devastated, the Federalists won, and then uh, in the contentious election in 1800, when he won, the the opposite happened. It, it's just it's so interesting, and history repeats itself. But America today, even in today's world where we're today transitioning power, that's something that we as Americans have to hold our head up high. That we are able to do this. That we have been the standard bearer for all of these other, all these other democracies, all these other. Uh, experiments in self-government around the world, that we are the flag bearer. We're the ones who started that. And this day, regardless of what you feel about it, is a special day uh, in America and around the world. No, Joe, that's great stuff. And before moving on, I have to ask you, so you mentioned being self-taught in terms of theology. Uh, it sounds like you're sort of a history buff. Was that a minor no, yeah, in college? No, no. no. <laughs> so I actually, it's funny you say that. I hated history until about five years ago. I mean, just growing up, I was always... Um, I kind of just didn't like reading history. I'm like, well, it already happened. I don't care about what happened in the past. I care about the future. I'm more worried about current events and what's what's happening going forward. And then as I realized, my gosh, if we don't if we don't study history, we're doomed to repeat it. And and the more you study history, the more you realize, oh my gosh, 
this has already happened over and over. I mean, there's a reason when people talk about the fall of America possibly happening in the future. It's because they've, they've studied history and seen every other major superpower in the world fall. Uh, and no, I have. I would say in the last five years, I have I have taken a, a liking to history, a lot of U.S. history as well, specifically. But oh yeah, I just I'm, I'm eating it up right now. Well, I mean, one one thing that you pointed out in that last comment that just was is so important to me is this question of virtue, and it's fascinating, Joe, because as someone like myself who's you know done a lot of like biblical studies in sacred scripture, when God establishes rule, it's usually not through democratic forms so you think about moses or the judges or certainly like king david you know this is not properly speaking something where you know like we all went into an election booth and chose the leader and catholic political theologians philosophers have pointed out that the church can exist in different contexts you know we don't demand for the church to be faithful it doesn't demand that we necessarily need a democratic form of governance although for the reasons that you pointed out joe you can understand why you know, this is a source of pride for Americans and, you know, like something that a lot of people turn to as even a source of hope and in the sense of like riding the ship. Like if things have gone awry, like hopefully through the voting booth, we can make a difference and kind of like push things in the right direction. And yet I do think one, I wouldn't say shortcoming, but maybe like danger or temptation, Joe, is that when you talk about self-governance, I do think people, especially maybe non-Christians who don't have the same uh, sort of like presuppositions that we do, you can begin to think that authority is something that's only granted from the people. Like a person doesn't have the right to rule unless we say that they do. And we know from the New Testament, for instance, that all authority derives from heaven. That doesn't mean we blindly follow each law that's instituted, but even during Roman rule, when things were pretty terrible for Christians, you know, St. Paul instructed believers to pray for their emperor, to um, follow the laws of the land insofar as they didn't conflict with the law of God. But I think this idea, Joe, that like we sort of invest rulers with their authority, that can lead us to some dangerous places. And that's where, like you say, we need to come back to (laughs) democracy when you say only works when you have a virtuous people Because if you don't have that sort of like common virtue in a sense of the common good, what begins to happen is that uh, uh, we think that just because something is a law that, you know, it's like this, this like legal absolutism. So like abortion's been greenlighted in our laws and therefore like, who am I to question it? I I feel like I'm joining on here, but like the phrase that comes to mind for me, Joe, is uh, several years back, there was a Supreme Court ruling. I believe it was Planned Parenthood v. Casey. And Justice Kennedy was kind of grounding the right to abortion in earlier rulings that the Supreme Court had made. And he said that each American citizen has this right to define their own meaning, sense, of, like meaning their, the meaning of their own existence. Yeah. yeah. And that can lead to some really problematic places. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, when people are becoming their own gods, it's usually not a good thing. And one of the one of the other thoughts I had, and you, you touched on it there, is – as a uniting of a country, you know, people think, oh, this is the worst it's ever been. This is as bad as it gets. And mm. I said, you know, in the Civil War, we did kill like a third, I don't know the numbers are, like a third of adult males, uh, you know, just yeah, wiped right. off, right? So <laughs> hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people when our, when our population wasn't that big. 
Um, so it's been bad. I just finished last night a book on 1968, specifically the Apollo 8 mission. But it talked a lot about the Apollo 8 mission in regards to 1968 and just the, how tumultuous. I mean, we lost MLK, uh, RFK, and we lost, you know, all the protests, colleges. It was absurd. Um, but at least in the Civil War, people still went to church on Sundays. And people still, it still was a believing, uh, people obviously had skewed beliefs, especially when it came to slavery and race relations and whatnot. There was a, a fundamental belief in God, though, uh, that our purpose was to a higher calling. And, you know, in 1968, obviously the church was still very much, uh, you know, church attendance was still up. What scares me the most today is all of these things boiling up again. But now we've lost kind of that foundation of faith as a, as a, as a culture. And, I don't know if you've read, and my listeners hear me talk about Robert Putnam all the time, but the book Bowling Alone oh, yeah. or the book yeah. Them, and just how we've – so Them is by Ben Sass. So Ben's a, a, a Ben Sass senator from Nebraska, wrote a book called Them, and then Bowling Alone, he quotes a lot in there. But both of them talk about how we've now fractioned ourselves and don't even hang out with other people that aren't like ourselves. And today in, in 2020, 2021, we have the ability to do that in a way that, that our founders could never even have dreamed of. And, you know – Ben Sass uses the example of the Rotary Club a lot and uh, obviously the bowling alley by Robert Putnam about how people used to can congregate with other people who were like who weren't like them. I use the example of my Rotary Club in that club. There are Democrats, there are Republicans, there are atheists, there are devout Catholics and Christians, all different ilks. And guess what? We get together every Friday morning and we we. We are to, we are just, we are the people. We are just good, normal human beings trying to help each other in a civic way, and that's what's lacking from society today. And that yeah. that's one of the things that scares me the most is we kind of lost that foundation. And I I always come back to, and this is where I was going to take along with what you were saying about how you know, God has ordained leadership. One of the, <laughs> the Babylon Bee is probably my favorite news source. Uh, I drink my Babylon <laughs> my Babylon Bee coffee mug every morning, and in it. They make every Fourth of July. They just rip on these churches and these people who are who put America above God, and you see it all the time. You put, you know, oh, you know, people put, you know, they worship the flag, or he talks about people being baptized. You know, on the Fourth of July service in Texas, they baptized a hundred people into the, you know, United States of America or something like that. You know, just making fun of it. But I think that's something that we as Christians, as we as Americans need to hold, even as prideful as I am in this country, and I love the idea of America, I love what we have done for religious freedom, for the ability to worship, because I look around the world and see that clearly that's not the case in a lot of places, and so it's easy to put America on a pedestal, but America's nothing in the, in the grand scheme of things. What matters is God. And so having that, having the, the right hierarchy is very important, because it gets dangerous sometimes when people, especially on, on days when they're, when they're being super patriotic, to put America above the church and just... It, can't be ordered that way because we're all dust and ashes and it's all going to go away and by the end it's all going to be done anyway but what matters is our faith in God yeah I think about that phrase from the gospels and I when Jesus proclaimed this he was probably speaking on sort of an individualistic level but it certainly applies to communities and countries and that's seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you but if you reverse that order you know it can it can really lead to some really terrible spots and Joe, with, with what you were just saying, you know, I'll be honest, like one difficult thing about having a show like The Uncommon Good is when Bo and I talk about Catholic social teaching, you know, it inevitably comes up like as a sort of measuring stick. So how is the Catholic Church in Des Moines or how is the United States living up to this high call? And sometimes when you talk about those things, it can sound like, well, you know, wow, Bud's really sort of down 
on the U.S. And that's never my intention. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas says that patriotism is a natural virtue. So we should all seek the welfare of the city, of the country to which we're sent. And yet, Joe, as you point out, um, there are various points in our history. You know, slavery is is a big one that stands out. We could talk about Jim Crow laws, maybe how much of our decision-making in recent years has been driven more by questions of, you know, wealth acquisition rather than, than, than justice, you know, all sorts of things. And those, whenever you get into the weeds there, you know, like there's debatable points that we don't have probably the full time to cover all of the nuance. But I think our calling as Catholics, Joe, is not only to seek the common good, but at times, insofar as possible, and this, this is where in the second half of the show, we can get into a question like abortion. We are called to be prophets. And just in thinking about the show today, Joe, like a few persons who stand out to me, like certainly not perfect individuals by any means, but the kind of vocation that I have in mind would be someone like Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Dorothy Day, Cardinal George, and and, and saying that list, this week, of course, MLK sort of jumps out. And again, a flawed individual, but I think some important things to say. A lot of people focus on the I have a dream speech. I recently re-listened to his mountaintop speech, which he gave the night before he was assassinated. And in that speech, it's interesting, Joe, because he he goes back to the Constitution. He goes back to the phrase that, you know, America confesses that all men are created equal, endowed with inalienable rights. And so he says, you know, I'm not holding up to you a standard that's like outside of who you're supposed to be. Like if I was talking to Soviet leaders, I would have a completely different message. But America, this is who you say you are. And what MLK on his best days was calling uh, us to, I think, is to be better, to live more in conformity with who we claim to be. I can't add anything to that. I mean, you you, you nailed it. Uh, and I think that to me is... This is just my vision of America. Is America was fi- founded on, on an ideal, an ideal that did not exist anywhere else in the world in 1776, and the ideal that uh, all men were created equal, endowed by their creator by, with certain inalienable rights. And it, ever since then, the 245 years since then, it's been our job to try to live out that ideal. And so, yeah, I mean, we can talk about slavery. Slavery was uh, literally every other country in the world had slavery in 1776. It took U.S. You know, about uh, 100 years to, to blot it out, and eventually we did. Civil rights, clearly these struggles, uh, women's suffrage, all these things were us, in my mind, trying to live up to that ideal. That ideal obviously didn't exist in 1776, but nor did it exist anywhere else in the world. And that's why I, that's why I love America is because we, we have this ideal that we held up to a high standard, especially when you study history and understand you know, things like slavery. The country wouldn't ever have existed because the southern states would never have signed on to it without that. And so when you start to realize the minutia of the difficult decisions that took place and then pull back from the context of us trying to live out that ideal, that's what gives me hope in America is that we are working at it. We are. Wor- I mean, how many countries, you know, Jim Crow laws to having a black president didn't take that long. We Civil rights was in the 60s. Obama happened in 2008. In the grand scheme of things, we went pretty fast. And that's why, again, I think when I look at America, the reason I, I love this country is the good that we've done. Uh, for so many people, and that's why, again, especially when it comes to religious liberty, that's something that this country has has been a a forebearer of around the world, and that's why days like today are exciting to show people around the world that what what can be done. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO. 
you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. My help comes Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, I was obviously happy to be a part of that conversation. was, as you could tell, pretty fired up. Again, I, I get passionate about these things. I get a little heated sometimes, but I think, I think it was a good conversation. And if you listen next week, we, we dive into a lot more on Roe versus Wade, uh, on the, the scourge of abortion in society today and we'll talk about that and a few other things as well as a little more on mlk next week so join next week for that show in the meantime i do i do have to talk about today's feast day which is the conversion of saint paul so we have a day dedicated just to the the not just to saint paul but to specifically the conversion of saint paul to me one of the most seminal moments in all of christianity is this moment saint paul when people ask for a proof of the faith and they say how do you how do you know how do you believe in the Christian faith? Well, I, I oftentimes will point to the earliest apostles and the way that they died, the way they gave their lives for the church. St. Paul specifically is such a tremendous example of that because here's a guy who was the, the, the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He, he lived by the letter of the law. He persecuted Christians. He was at St. Stephen's stoning. This is a man who was by all rights the the foremost expert on on what to do to Christians, uh, to, to persecute them. And he had a 180-degree change of heart after meeting the Lord. Here's a guy who had Roman citizenship. What that allowed him to do, what that allowed him to do to move freely within the country, to, to preach the gospel into Rome while still being a devout Jew. So he could he could really be the salesman who could talk, talk to everyone. He could talk to everyone uh, in the world and relate to their experiences in order to bring Christ to them. So today on the feast day of the conversion of St. Paul, uh, just I had to bring to mind, you know, maybe do the readings today. Uh, there's two choices of the first reading. One's from Acts, uh, and the other one's just a story of his conversion. But I, I would implore you to do that and just dwell on how important this moment was in Christianity and all of those early Christian martyrs. Because as I said, we might be called to martyrdom. The way that this is going with the, our faith and the way that our faith is being persecuted, the example of St. Paul, the example of those early Christians, give us the example with which to live by, to live our lives by. So thank you again for joining me today on Man Up on IO Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulus. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.